0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short, about a 13-minute Bible study each day, getting us into God's Word and thereby helping us to be strong in our faith and even grow stronger because, as we keep emphasizing, the Scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Now, we encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. You know people in your life, probably some in your own family, who need to be thinking about God. They need to be thinking about their soul's salvation and eternity because it's coming. Now, being in God's word each day helps us to stay in touch with God, to be focused on a relationship with him, to be thinking about our soul's salvation. Help somebody in your life. In fact, help everybody you can along these lines. You may turn somebody, you may help turn somebody's life around. You may help somebody get to heaven and that will be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So share. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, other technology, but share with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally with everybody you can every day help people get their lives turned around. Now, we're going to get back into our series of studies and our thought, line of thought, asking the question, why do bad things happen to good people? And that is a perplexing question for a great many people on an ongoing basis. We've broken this into three sections so far. The first section, we looked at the bottom line answer, and that's sin. The reason for bad things happening in the world is sin. Why do bad things happen even to good people? Basically, we're talking about sin. Now, what are we talking about? Bad things? Well, you list it. Whatever you think is a bad thing, illness, injury, pain, suffering, handicaps, mental illness, loss of jobs, financial ruin, drought, famine, natural disasters, stillborn babies, handicapped babies, terrible accidents death wars violence of all kinds terrorism murder theft evil the list goes on and on and on Why do bad things happen? because of sin now, I'm not talking about a Person commits a sin and God zaps them with some kind of bad consequence like They he breaks their leg or he suddenly makes them Uh, ill with some debilitating illness. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that sin prevails in this world throughout humanity. Sin brings bad things. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, everything changed. They were sinners. They were no longer innocent. They no longer had access to the Tree of Life. They no longer could live in paradise on earth in that Garden of Eden everything changed and with sin came bad things you look at the flood why did god destroy the world with water except for the family of noah and his family because of sin because the thoughts and imaginations of the hearts of mankind was only evil continually corrupt wicked sin prevailed On a worldwide scale in the life of every human being, except for Noah and his family. Sin brought bad things. Well, it still brings bad things. Why do people steal? Why do people kill? Why do people murder? Why do people uh, lie? Cheat. The list goes on and on and on. Why is there sexual immorality so prevalent? Sin. The second section we looked at dealt with our perspective of goodness in people. We look at some people and say, that's a good person over there. Or maybe we look at a family and said, oh, they're good people. We may look at an entire nation and say, good people over there. But you see, our definition of goodness is not always true goodness god is good god is always good god is nothing but good ever and his word has been given to us to guide us in the life of goodness as christians but we'll look at people who are not christians or maybe some who have become christians but they're not living the christian life We'll look at people who are unfaithful to God. We may even look at some people who don't even believe in God. But we'll look at some many people who believe in God, but they make no pretense of not wanting to have anything to do with the church or anything to do really with faithfulness to God, except when they find it necessary or convenient at some particular moment in time. And we'll say they're good people. Well, no Not necessarily. You see, God is the bottom line standard of goodness. And if we want to be good, we can only be good as counted good by him through Jesus Christ. Now, we've got to get rid of our sins, and that's called repentance. And then we've got to surrender to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in baptism, at which point the blood that he shed on the cross for us, and cleanse us of our sins of all of our guilt and we will be made new spiritually 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 reborn John 3 verses 3 through 5 will become a new creation spiritually made new Romans 6 verses 3 through 5 and then God will count us good but see, it has to be by his standards. In this particular section, we're going to look at, and this is the third section in this study. We're going to look at some specific factors that contribute to bad things happening to supposedly good people. First, sometimes even good people make poor choices, bad decisions that lead to bad consequences. Now, I'm saying even truly good people sometimes make these mistakes. Poor choices, bad decisions, and the result is bad consequences. Uh, Let me give you just, some people might say a trivial example, but let's say there's this really good person. They're, They're faithful, dedicated Christian, consistently so, and they're driving on a trip. Their family is in their car with them, they're coming to a railroad crossing now they see the railroad crossing it's up about another hundred yards in front of them and and their peripheral vision they see a train coming about a half a mile now that train's coming lickety split that's a long train they can see well they don't want to take the time to have to wait for that train to cross so he steps on the gas and he's trying to make it across that railroad crossing before the train crosses but he doesn't make it the train smashes into the car and everybody is killed. Good people died that day because of a bad choice, a bad decision that produced bad consequences. Foolish we might say, yes, but you see, the responsibility was on the person who made the bad decision and the bad consequences resulted from that bad decision. In James chapter four, James chapter four, I want us to look at verses 13 through 16. James says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man or person avails much or has great power in its effects. People often make decisions and they set forth plans that are ill-conceived, that are poorly timed, And careless by way of preparation they make mistakes in some cases they make really bad mistakes and as a result they suffer consequences but let's say a person is suffering James says let him pray do you pray for God to to God for forgiveness do you pray to God for healing For Relief from your pain and your circumstances. Do you pray for God's guidance as to how to get through this? Just watching over you and seeing you through it When you're cheerful do you still thank God for your blessings if you're sick or someone you know is sick are you Praying for others asking others. Please pray for me. Please pray for this person You see what does James say in at the end of verse 16? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man has great power in its effects. Not because of that person saying the prayer, but because of him to whom that prayer is being said, and that's God. Nothing is impossible for God. Luke chapter 1 in verse 37. If we have sin in our life, are you repenting it? Are you repenting of it? Are you confessing your sin before God? Are you seeking God's forgiveness? Are you trying to get your life right? You see, again, sometimes we get ourselves into situations that we either know ahead of time was wrong or quickly into that situation we realize I made a big mistake here. And a lot of times it's it's moral. Do you repent of that and step back away? Get yourself back out? Ask God for his forgiveness? Now, That was James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. I think I said verse, well, I know I said chapter 4. But I want us to go back to chapter 4 also and look at verses 13 through 16. Now here James writes, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, I will live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Have you been making bad choices that have led to bad consequences? That's not God's fault. That's your fault. That's nobody else's fault. That's your fault. It's your doing. You don't ask God into your plans? Whose fault is that? Not God's. God, would you please give me your wisdom and guidance in making this decision that I make a wise decision, a godly decision? Is that your prayer? Or do you just make your decision? You make up your own mind and leave God out. That's what James is talking about. You should be praying for God's will to be made known to you, to help you see his will as your will. And you should have a submissive heart to simply submit your will to his will. And then when you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to get into this endeavor, I'm going to make this much money. But you're not asking God into your plans That's rather arrogant, isn't it, on your part As though you are in total control And when we act like we're in total control We leave God God out of our decisions You can mark it down Somewhere along the line, bad things are going to happen And that's our fault, not God's Let's pray together God, give us your wisdom And help us to see your wisdom as your wisdom Help us to see your will as your will and to guide our lives by your will. Help us, Father, to grow in our faith, in our spiritual maturity. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.